Welcome to the Six Figure Trading Podcast, Season 1, Episode 7. What is results tracking and why is it important? Hi, I am your host, Jamie Henry, creator of the Estimating Business in a Box. My question for you today is this. Are you tracking all of your post-bid results? Do you know this one change in your bid strategy can set you apart from everyone else in the industry? So you ask, what are bid results? What is bid tracking? It's really simple. It's very often underutilized, though it's the absolute most powerful tool in your toolbox. For every commercial project that you're bidding, you should be doing this because if you're not, you're going to be missing out on an opportunity where you could see how you could beat your competition, kind of get a feel for why you're probably losing so many projects. Um, a lot of guys know how to do this. Some guys don't. And some of the guys that even know how to do it, they just, over time, I don't know, we kind of get, uh, I don't want to say we get lazy, but we get laxed. And so we're a little less apt to keep up on these sort of things because it is a little bit of work. You know, what bid tracking consists of, Every time that you send out a bid, say let's say you, you're bidding a, a big commercial project, and let's say you send that bid out to five or six or maybe even ten different contractors. Now what you've got to do about two days after that bid went out, you've got to contact all those contractors you sent that bid to and ask them for a post-bid result list. Because a lot of guys will give it to you. Most of the contractors want you to have it. You know, one of the ways you can ask them for that information is to let them know you want to provide the absolute best chance at winning every project for them. So in order to do that, you need to be competitive. And to be competitive, you kind of need to know where you land among your competition. And if they would please forward that information to you so you could do better on the next project to hopefully be a little more competitive for them. A lot of times they'll they'll understand that and they'll say, okay, I'll give you the results. Now, a lot of times they'll give you the results, but they may not give you who the results are with. So they might have your bid and four of your competitors. And sometimes they'll tell you exactly what every competitor's name was and what their bid amount was. And when they do, that's the gold. You can't beat that. That's information that is so vital to your next bid. You should be you should be getting every one of those that you can and putting those in a spreadsheet or some software. There is software that will analyze this data for you so that you can figure out how you can beat your competition. Um, sometimes they won't do that. Sometimes the guy will simply send you back a bid list, a bid result that says, okay, there were 12 bidders and you were number six. And the low bid was 1.2 million and the high bid was 3.4 million. Now, granted, that's not really the information you're looking for. That's not going to help you a whole lot, except that you do know what your bid amount was. You know what the low bid was and you know what the highest bid was. So you can kind of guess where you're at in that range of those 12 bidders. Not exactly, but a good guess. And that's better than nothing. That's better than no results at all. Because if you just keep putting out bid after bid after bid, and you just keep throwing them at the wall to see what sticks, you're never going to get the results you're looking for. You can't do it. Because if you don't know your past history, you're going to repeat your past history because you can't change what you don't know. So make sure you get those. You know, once you get that information, put it into a spreadsheet. Um, If you put every single job that you've bid in a spreadsheet with your bid total, And then leave a few cells between jobs so that you can go and get those results on every single project. And you can put in, if you've got the competition's name, you can put their name under yours. And if you've got their bid amount, you can put that right next to their name. And if you do this for everybody that bid that project, you know, if you can do this on every single project, I can almost guarantee you that over time, you can almost figure out what their bidding strategy is. 
You can almost figure out, because we all know that the raw material is the same. So a raw material cost on a project isn't going to change that much, you know, depending on what databases we're using and how we calculate the job cost. There'll be a small variation, but raw materials will pretty much always be the same. So the only other factor is going to be labor units, how many labor units they figured, how many hours they've put on this project. Again, if they're using some sort of a national database system like uh, PHCC for plumbing or maybe SMACNA standards, labor units for sheet metal, HVAC projects, then they should be pretty much exactly the same because if we're all counting the material correctly, our numbers should match because we're all looking at the same blueprint. So the only other biggest factor beyond that is going to be added cost. You know, the amount they put in for their permits, their project management, how much they're allowing for blueprint drafting, miscellaneous cost, you know, any overtures, these these types of things that we fluff into every bid. And so that part, you, you really can never figure that out, but you can get a percentage idea for each bid. And once you've got that percentage idea for each bid, you can deduct or add to yours accordingly to make sure you can beat their numbers. And it's it gets complex. And I've created a whole course on that if you ever want to get really in-depth with this and you really want to know all the ins and outs. And I've got some templates in there and a lot more data that uh, the, more than this podcast can, can get into. At the sixfiguretradesman.com, you can go find that. But, you know, the reason it's going to help you win is because by knowing what their numbers are consistently, you can find a percentage of what their bid is against yours. And so once you've got that percentage, you know, you can pretty much dial these in on every project that you ever want to win almost at will. And here's the other thing. If they're doing the same thing like they should be, and I can assure you some of them are, if not most of them, they're doing the same thing to you. So you've got to try to find a bid pattern of your own that kind of keeps them guessing. And, you know, over time, you'll figure out what that is. But they're going to do the same thing that you're doing because they want to beat you too. So once you've kind of got each other figured out, then it's going to become the cat and mouse of who really wants the job more than the other and who's willing to go for the smallest profit margin. You know, it's often said the guy that made the most mistakes on the bid is probably the guy that's going to win. And I can't tell you that that's more often than not, that's true. Um, <laughs> it does happen. Guys make mistakes. They become the winning bid because they're lower than everybody else, but not because they're a better estimator. Sometimes it's just because they made few more mistakes or, or miscalculated something and, and did it differently. So nine times out of 10, though, if you track your results, you can become the winner of almost, almost every project. Now, I, I said this in the beginning that this is for commercial, and mostly it, it kind of is, but you can do this for residential, too. It's a little more work, and it's also more of a personal favor that you're asking from homeowners because, you know, in the residential world, you don't deal with a general contractor, you, you deal with a homeowner. But I've worked, um, I've worked for other companies and for my own. I would often go back and if I didn't get the job, I would ask the homeowner if they would mind telling me why I didn't get the job. You know, was it my price? Um, was it the warranty? Was it the, the promise of service? Was it the, the money? You just never know. But you got to ask. If you don't ask those questions, how are you going to adapt? How are you going to change? How can you figure out what you can do next time to try to get the win? You can always try to be the low guy, okay? By always trying to be the low bid, the only thing you're going to do is not have as much money at the end of the day and drive the industry down. That really isn't the right solution. Um, sometimes you need to figure out how to convince the customer or, or the GC or whoever you're dealing with. Sometimes you got to be more persuasive in convincing them why 
even though you may have a little bit more price, it's a better value. Because at the end of the day, we can all buy the same equipment. We can all put in the same hours to do the project. The only thing you're going to offer them that nobody else can is your service. So if you don't have something there to, to offer them beyond price point, you're pretty much going to, you're not going to have much of a chance in the industry anyway. So it doesn't matter if you're residential or commercial. Um, if you just want to be like every other Joe Schmo out there, you know, go right ahead, but don't expect huge results. You know, if you want to be one of the top dogs, you want to be one of the big performers, you, you got to do this the professional way. And that is to, you know, track those results and figure out why you're not winning jobs. If it always comes down to money, then you may have to lower your price a little bit. You know, in a lot of commercial projects, often it is about the money. Um, but I have had many clients whose bids were actually more than the low bid, and they actually got the project because they were more qualified. Don't assume just because you're the lowest bid, you get the job. It's how you present the bid, how you present your company and your service that's going to dictate the real winner here. By going back and getting those bid results, when you're dealing with GCs anyway, this is going to have a long-term effect because they're going to come to realize that, first of all, you know what the hell you're talking about. You know the industry, you know how this works, and you're smart enough to come back to them and ask for this information. And so that's going to have a little bit more of a favorable outlook on you. They're going to think, well, this guy really seems to know his shit. He cares more. He's asking the right questions. So even though he hasn't won a job with us, you know, in the future, he might think, I should probably look a little harder at these guys. They really seem to have it together. And nothing a GC hates more than somebody who uh, just doesn't really understand the business they're in. Okay. I can't tell you how many jobs I've seen. The guy gets a job and he gets out there and he's in over his head. He doesn't know how to project manage. He doesn't know how to do the paperwork. He doesn't know how to do his submittals. There's a whole there's a whole process here in the construction world, especially commercial, that if you make the life hard on a GC, he's probably going to turn you down if the next guy is just a few hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks more than you. Who knows how to properly manage the process? Because his money is on the line if you're holding him up then he's not going to be too appreciative of that. So, you know, you got to kind of understand the process of how this all works. And being responsible enough to ask for your bid results is a really big win for you and the GC because it makes him understand that you know what you're doing. I actually had a client. They had never, never done bid results. And so they were saying, well, you know, we can't seem to win anything. And I know it's because we're always getting beat out on price. So it was kind of a little case study. I said, hey, look, why don't you let me I normally charge extra, but why don't you let me try to get some bid results on the next few jobs and let's figure out what's going on. And so I did. And I come to find out that, yeah, a lot of it was the price where we were usually just a little bit high. But the second part of it was there was a couple of times these guys actually had one and they were getting the process of getting the contract signed. And but there was just too many things that the contractor didn't know when dealing with the GC. You know, the GC would ask questions and they would be a deer in the headlight and didn't have an answer for him. And so before the paperwork was ever signed, they actually decided to go with another contractor. I found this all out actually by I kind of knew the contractor I was dealing with for them. So I had kind of, you know, used backdoor methods to, to get to ask some more personable questions about why they didn't like this, this guy's numbers. But that was the bottom line. It wasn't that the number wasn't good. It wasn't that they they didn't like the guy. They just didn't want to deal with the guy that didn't know how to to uh, how the business works. So, you know, if you're new to the if you're new to the commercial world, especially, you've got to understand how it really works. If you don't know how it works before you go bidding the projects, get in there and 
hang out with the general contractors, go talk to them, hang out in their office, go see them, ask the questions. You know, you're going to, you're going to look like you probably don't know what you're doing too much. If you ask those questions before you ever submit a bid, right? They're going to understand you don't know you're new. You're, you're trying to go from residential commercial and you're not going to feel real secure in that world. But let me tell you something. If you do it now, before you try to start bidding the projects and let the GC know straight up, I'm new. I did a lot of residential work. I want to get into commercial, but I want to do it right. And I'd like to bid to you in the future, but I want to make sure, you know, we can work cohesively together and that I don't hold you up or I don't make you look bad. So I'm going to ask you a lot of questions before I ever bid the first project. And I'm hoping you can be kind enough to give me some answers and insight on how this works, because I really don't know and I don't want to act like I know something I don't. That conversation right there has just made you a very favorable prospect to that GC nine times out of 10. You know, there's always that one asshole that doesn't care. He's just, he, he thinks you're an idiot. He'll never deal with you because you came to him this way. But who cares about that one? If you get nine out of 10 that are willing to sit down with you and help you before you ever go through the process, Aren't you going to feel a lot more confident once you start going down that process of bidding commercial projects so that when you get that win, you know what to do with it? This is a little off course from the bid tracking, but it's just something I want to touch base with because a lot of guys, they want to know why they're not winning jobs. And bid tracking is a big, big way to find out why you're not winning. OK, so this kind of ties in. But don't always assume bid tracking is about the number. Because if you don't ask the right questions when you're doing bid tracking, you still don't get the answers you're looking for. You can't just ask them, you know, was my number low? Was my number in the middle? You got to ask the right questions. You got to ask them in-depth questions. You know, was our was our paperwork submitted properly? Did you understand our proposal? Was it cohesive? Did it seem to match the project the way you saw it? These little things, these little details are not little to the GC. He's not going to be left holding the bag for you. So when you do your results tracking, make sure you get this info, take the notes, and then when you get what you're looking for from them, take the time to say thank you. Let them know you really appreciate it. Let them know at the end of the day, you're asking these questions to make it better for them and not just you. It's not all about you. You want to look out for their best interest. And if they feel like you have their interest in mind, they are going to be very, very, very happy to accommodate you. I can promise you that. But don't forget, this isn't just commercial. You can do this residentially too. Um, you got to go back to the homeowner and you got to ask them, you know, why didn't I get it? Is it price? Is it service? And then it's a little more work. And not all the homeowners are as apt to give you the information. Sometimes the homeowners already got what they want. They've already found their contractor. They already hired him. He already put the new furnace in. They don't give a shit about you anymore because you're not the one they worked with. So don't feel bad if they won't tell you, but feel bad if you don't ask, you know, it's, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if you never squeak, you're never going to get what you need. So go out there and ask them. Let them tell you no. No big deal. And if you can't get it, move on and try to take your best guess at why you didn't get it. And record your best guess at why you didn't get it. Because you've got external elements when you bid every project that give you some insight as to why you didn't bid. One advantage you might have, let's say on the day you were there giving this homeowner a proposal. When you pulled up, you seen XYZ heating pulling away from their front door. Okay, you should have made a note that you should have noted in your notebook on this customer's notes, XYZ was there before you placing a bid. And then when you're done, or even before you're done, let's say Acme Heating and Cooling shows up, they're there to do a bid too. Again, if you're being diligent, you're going to write this down so you can remember that. And at the end of the day, when you get done getting your bid results, if you get them, even if they don't tell you the companies that they went with and who they, who they got bids from, at least you know three of them. 
you know, the guy before you, you and the guy after you. And I can't tell you how many times when I was in the heating business, I would pull up to a house and see another heating company pulling away or one pulling in behind me because homeowners typically will schedule these quotes to be done within about a two hour window back to back. That's pretty common. So, you know, do your homework, hang out for a second, pay attention. As you're going down the road, look to see if you pass another competitor's van and assume he's going to your house. Assume he's going where you just left and make a note of that. So that, you know, even if you don't get the job, you know, even if you don't get any data from the homeowner, if you've done this 50 damn times and you see Acme has been there 50 times with you, you know that that's one of your top competitors. So you've got to try to figure out how you can knock out the competitors that you're always competing against. And if you don't know who they are, you can't come up with a strategy. So, you know, this isn't just for the commercial world. You should also do, do this for residential. So, you know, that's pretty much it for this one. I do have a task I want you to complete. I do want you to create a list of the past five bids that you've done. Commercial, residential, doesn't matter. Write down the last five bids that you've done, and not your company as a whole. Maybe you've got other estimators in your staff, you, you personally. If you personally haven't done any, then hand this off to one of your estimators. But uh, go down and track down those last five and put them into a spreadsheet so you can start to analyze these over time and make it a new habit that every time you, you do a job, commercial or residential, one to two days, go back and try to get those bid results. You know, make sure you create yourself a, a template of questions that you always want to ask so that you're making sure you're always asking the right things. And then keep track of this information that they're willing to give you back. And over time, I can assure you, you can find a way to create a winning strategy. For and I guarantee you that over time, you'll find a way to beat your competition with a better strategy. I don't have any doubt. I've been there. I've done it. And I've seen many, many, many other people do this. So if you need more templates or if you need more in-depth trading on this subject, you know, please go ahead and check out my sixfiguretradesman.com website and go in there and find my online course on how to increase your wins through bid tracking. I've got a whole course on that. There's some templates, some, some workbooks that go with it. There's a lot of information you get with it. Um, feel free to check that out. And hopefully, I'll see you in our next episode. We're going to talk about option for today's estimating software. So there's a lot of different software out there. I don't care what business you're in, heating, plumbing, electric. Um, and I know these are even, there's software for landscapers and, and concrete guys. Whatever you're in, there's, there's online estimating software for that. I want to have a little discussion about what some of these software options can bring to the table that you may or may not need. Sometimes you might just overpay, get all the bells and whistles you don't really want. Sometimes you might underpay and leave something behind that you really could have benefited from. So we'll do, we'll do a little bit of an in-depth discussion on those and kind of give you a run through on what some of those are. I want to thank you for listening. And I hope I was able to teach you something new today. You know, even if I didn't teach you something new, I hope I inspired you. Or maybe I just reminded you of something you already knew. And now you'll be able to get a, begin to implement that. So I'm Jamie Henry, creator of the Estimating Business in a Box. Be sure to leave any suggestions or input that you might have. I love hearing from all of you so I can make this podcast the best it can be. We'll see you tomorrow. And we'll talk about those options for estimating software. <laughs>